Welcome back to the Mad Handle Podcast. Yo, what's up? What's up, everybody? You know, you got your boy Kev. Your boy Easy. And introducing your boy Charlie. What's up, man? What is up, guys? Happy to be with you. Happy to be with everybody. Really excited to chat today. The millions and millions of Mad Handle podcast fans. It's been a while. I hope they're still. Uh, I hope they're still <laughs> following. I hope they still have the notification set because uh, today's going to be a good one. Hell yeah! Playoff bubble. Uh, missing so much regular season, but we're back. We're in the bubble. It's playoff time, and we got a lot of hoops to talk about. Oh yeah. Playoffs, baby. All right, Charlie, what do you want to start it off with, man? I mean, I feel it probably is the best to start off with the Knicks. I feel like we need to chat what is happening with the Knicks. We've got a lot going on on the coaching front. We've got a lot going on in the on the Delete 8 bubble front. On the Delete 8 bubble front. I feel it only... That is the sign of true Nick fans. Playoff basketball, all different NBA storylines. What are we going to talk about? The Knicks, baby. The Knicks. I love it. Part of – are they actually invited to that, like, second bubble? I hope not. Does anyone – No, they're actually doing each individual team bubble. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so it's going to be, like, each bubble for each team. No exits. Weird. Other teams are in the playoffs. The Knicks are in bubbles. Unbelievable. <laughs> so Wait, the so million dollar question: Are you guys in on Tibbs or what? Dude, I mean, I'm in. So Charlie, why why are you in on this? So I'm in on a couple of reasons. I think player development, he's phenomenal. If you look at what he did with the Bulls, he brought that team to basically the cusp of going to the finals if it wasn't for LeBron and the Heat in Miami in 2011. He's a phenomenal coach. The only thing that you can really hear bad about him is that he works his players too hard. RJ's minutes are probably going to go to 48 a game. But I'm really excited to see what he does with the young players on the roster. And I'm really excited to see what he does in terms of working with the front office. He has a harmony with those guys. He's got a synergy with those guys. I think it could be good. Do that. I mean, I agree. Easy, what are you thinking? Wow. All right. I'm, I'm bringing this podcast down, baby. <laughs> I am so against this Tibbs thing. Dude, Why? we know what he is. Are we really hanging our hat on the fact that he was an assistant coach in 08 when they won? This guy's a bum. He's proven <laughs> he's a bum. The Bulls never did anything. They had a, a broken offense. Then he went to the Wolves. Oh, he's going to turn them into this defensive team. Wiggins never did shit. Jimmy Butler came in and just yelled at everyone. <laughs> and then he got fired. Wait, 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 wait. They were – the. The Bulls were going to go to the finals that year if it wasn't for LeBron and the Heat. The Timberwolves didn't go to the playoffs for like 25 years until Tibbs came and he got them to the playoffs. And the Knicks would have won if Roy Hibbert didn't block Mello. 
but these are all <laughs> hypothetical situations. The coulda, woulda, shoulda. <laughs> Dude, all right, so I have like, I go back and forth. When it first happened, I was like totally in on it, but like everything leading up to it, I was like, I don't want this fucking guy as our coach. I want like a young coach that's like coming up in the ranks can grow with our young players. But, but then like Tibbs does have like a pretty good track record of, you know, winning. He might not be like the most entertaining style of basketball, but he does do a lot of winning. So I'm in. I'm in for the W's. I think the question is, too, what are the thoughts on the front office hires? You know, Leon Rose obviously coming in, you know, bringing in a lot of different guys in the front office from the Jazz. You know, it's pretty interesting to see what they're doing in the front office in terms of who they're recruiting, who they're going after, who they've already hired as an assistant coach already. It's really interesting. No, I like that. And I hope that um, we finally have learned, like, how to just, like, scout young young talent. You know, like, we grabbed that guy from Kentucky. Um, I just hope that, yeah, we, we, like, we can start getting some, like, actual good young players with our draft picks. Dude, definitely, definitely agree. Like, I have, like, you know, be, being a Met fan, seeing someone go from, like, an agent to, like, running a, a franchise, it kind of hurts me a little bit. So now I have two teams doing that. But when they hired Leon Rose, like, ever since he's put, like, the right people in place from what I think, right? Like, he's getting, like, top talent from around the league. So I think he's off to a good start, but it's really what he does with the roster, I think. So Leon Rose is the big CAA, uh, like, connect, right? Yeah. Just who are the connections? The reason we got Scott Perry in here was because of all of his connections. Fizdale was going to supposed to connect us with the stars. Just what are your connections, Leon? And actually, like, just, like, do it. Just do it. Definitely a good point, dude. Um, like, what are these like connections like we heard the same the song and dance uh before where we're gonna you know bring in all these stars and stuff like that it never happens so i think they're doing the right thing by getting those like front office people the, the especially the scouting people and the player development coaches because we obviously can't bring big stars here via like free agency but we might be able to like develop them into that so I think also too you know we're always winking and nodding at free agents right and I feel like right now we're like winking and nodding at Devin Booker we're winking and nodding at Donovan Mitchell we're winking and nodding at Carl Anthony Towns and it's like let's just develop what we've got and try and draft something instead of always winking and nodding at the next at the next star <laughs> A hundred percent. And I guess next year's free agency class when Giannis is out there, right? Well, yeah, you got to freaking wink and nod at him, man. But I guess that that's why I was hating on the Tibbs hire is just because I, I think we're so far away from anything that like resembles winning basketball that like we still have to build a winning culture. We still need like, like an offensive like 
set and like plays and things to happen. Like that's why I was hoping we were going to go for like a Kenny Atkinson type, where he's a, he's a local dude, but he would like bring that team culture. We'd have, at least we'd have an identity, and then we could worry about stars and fit and who's playing here and if we need a better coach and whatnot. Um, I guess that's where I was hoping we were going to go, but. Yeah, no, dude, I, you know, I definitely think you're right there. There's just, it's the Knicks, right? Like, there's always so much going on, and it, for some reason, in my head, I'm always hyping them up to just, like, oh, like, we'll sign, we'll sign, like, a Julius Randle-type player, and I'll get excited for some reason. But uh, I think right now it's all about, like, development and developing these young players. Which, like, who are our young players, by the way? RJ and Mitch. Really? I saw. I saw Smith Jr. grouped into that mix, too, and I, I had to just take a step back for a second. It was a little bit too much for me. He's just not in the nucleus for me. He has to go. So, who ranks higher, Knox or Dennis Smith Jr.? I think Knox. I think Knox. I agree. Those are just such two bad choices. That, like, I don't know. I can't really see either of them turning into any sort of legitimate basketball player. I mean, I think you're right, Kev, but I'm just banking on the fact that Knox is still like 6'10", 6'11". His arms are so long. Like, there's somewhere, if you can, like, rub your eyes hard enough, there's potential there. So, Charlie, what are your thoughts, you know, and this is a, a big topic with, like, every Nick fan is Frank the Tank Nilakina. Frankie Smokes. <laughs> so it's so funny. So I was actually – I actually went back the other day, and I was watching the YouTube highlights <laughs> that I watched three years ago, convincing myself that he was a good player. And just thinking how much of a bad player he is now after watching him for three years on the Knicks, we got to get rid of him. Um, package him, package Dennis Smith Jr., package Damian Dotson, even get me something, anything. I need, I need something refreshed on that end. I really do. I really do. Frank is, look, Phil drafted him. He Phil draft pick. We got, we got to let him go. We've got to. Ah, dude, I will die on the Frankie Milikina Hill. <laughs> How are you still saying that he could be a good basketball player, dude? Because, because he's like he's all he has to do is hit catch and shoot threes. That's but it. He can't do that. He can't do that. But he's like twenty-one. See, what kills me is I don't understand how guys who are paid to play basketball or paid to learn how to shoot and have all of the opportunity to learn how to shoot, don't learn how to shoot. Like, I'm not a good coder, but after a year of coding, I'm better at coding than I was a year ago. How are you not better at shooting, dude? I don't get it. Charlie, what do you think there? Because I have my own thoughts. I mean, I think he's exactly right. And the only thing I can legitimately point to that Frank Nilekina has done positive in my mind is that one game as a rookie 
when they played the Cavaliers and he, and LeBron was in Madison Square Garden and Frank almost fought him. That was probably the hypest I've ever seen the Garden in the last few years. Uh, my father-in-law got kicked out of that game. It was so crazy. Um, so that's the only Frank Nilakina I have that's positive. Wow. Oof. I mean, that's, that was his claim. To, like, once that happened, like, even, like, the people that hated him were like, oh, no, no, we got something with this guy. And then it just turned to shit from there. So is that the start of the Fresh Prince stuff? Yeah, I think so. So good. Wait, so I do have to ask, what is the take on Brazdikas, the draft pick from last year? <laughs> have you guys taken a look at him? He tore it up in the G League last year. What What is the take on him? He, he's, the, he's from Michigan, right? Like, he was one of their – He's from Michigan. Yeah. Second-round yeah. pick last year. I mean, he came in in the preseason, right, and, like, was playing really well, and that's, like, kind of when, like, all of us were – like, oh, shit, like, can we have a steal here? Another Ronaldo Balkman, maybe, in the second round? God. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know too much about him. Easy, what do you think? I, From what I've seen, I like, dude. The guy could run the floor. He could shoot. He could put the ball on the floor. But he has that, like, critical red flag. Like, the, the dude who just never gets called up. Like yeah. the guy who has all the skills, the guy who like does he always looks good and you're like, why is he always playing for Westchester? He can't get called up once or twice or like be good on a practice squad or do something. So there's gotta be something bad that we're not seeing. Cause on this team he, he should get min like minutes, you would think. I agree. Like do you think it's like we have too many like at that position? But like Charlie, what do you think there? I think it's probably because we're playing a lot of not players we should be playing. I think yeah. RJ probably got a lot of minutes at small forward, which Brezdikas probably would have also played too. Um, I think we were also probably shoehorning Kevin Knox into that small forward position too, which was taken away from his minutes. So I think while we were trying to get RJ developed and see what we had in Knox, he just got buried on the depth chart, honestly. But I yeah. would have rather seen Brazdikas than somebody like Wayne Ellington, that's for sure. <laughs> that's a fair take. I agree, man. I mean, if I, I just want to see the younger player play. Just give them a shot because we're not, you know, we're not going to win with these guys like Ellington and Peyton, all these guys that we signed last year. Like, I, I can't even see – I don't even know what we're going to do with Julius Randle. Also, can we talk about the fact we're paying Bobby Portis $15 million this year? <laughs> Dude, hold on. That's an option. We got to hopefully he doesn't opt in. <laughs> <laughs> There's no shot he's not opting in on that. Unbelievable. He's opting in on that and then going to his nearest Tesla dealership and just grabbing a new Tesla or something. I really hope he was funny about that. Like on his exit meeting, he was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I'm opting in." You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like I, I might leave, but you're really not gonna leave. <laughs> but uh, I think, I mean, 
there's just there's just so much you could talk about the Knicks with that like why don't we slide this over to a former Nick number seven Carmelo Anthony what are you guys thinking about the Portland Trail Blazers and then playing the Lakers dude first off I'm just I don't know if you guys can tell I don't know if you could hear it doing three to the dome to my microphone a little uh, <laughs> A little thing from Melo there, you know? Does he still do that, by the way? Does anyone know? Fuck yeah, he does. Are you kidding me? Every three. I love it. His claim to fame, the three, and then the get the fuck out of here when he grabs the rebound. Uh, yeah, that's the best. Charlie, what are you thinking on this series, man? I have to say a couple of things. First, skinny Melo is an enlightening experience in the postseason. <laughs> It is it is great to see Skinny Mellow. I'm sure he's enjoying mini green smoothies in bubble in Orlando. Um, no, this series is exciting. Uh, I mean, Damian Lillard is probably the been the most exciting player in the bubble since they came back. Um, I know Charles Barkley said that they're going to sweep the Lakers. I don't see that happening, but the Lakers are in a tough predicament right now. The Blazers are. They can play double up on those big men with Whiteside and Nurkic, which was given Davis and Howard and, and even JaVale McGee trouble. It's a crazy matchup for the Lakers. It's interesting. Easy, what do you what are you thinking on this series? So I went into it and like I got all like hyped up with Dame Time and I love the Blazers. But when I'm watching them, like when the Nets scored 130 on the Blazers like this, yeah. right before that play-in game. It just was like, dude, they can't stop anybody. They can't play defense. What is Melo going to guard LeBron? And then they come out and they win last night. So it's like, I don't even know what, what to think because I agree with what Charlie was saying. Those that, that double big lineup was the Lakers like was their thing they did all year. And now the Blazers just matched them with their two bigs, and it worked. So yeah. I think it's going to be a good series. Yeah, no, Charlie, quick question. Is this skinny mellow or is this Olympic mellow? Because they're both very similar. I feel like it is Olympic mellow because when I'm watching the bubble, it feels like I'm watching an Olympic basketball game that's on at 2 afternoon. That's true. <laughs> that is true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you, Easy Man. They are a matchup problem for the Lakers. I mean, first off, the Lakers can't shoot. Like, what happened in game one was, like, embarrassing. Yeah. Like, Deion, I think Deion Waiters only got, like, one minute. Um, yeah. Danny Green was missing every three. And then who's, who was the guy that scored one point? Caruso? Uh, no, KCP. Oh, uh, yeah. He scored one point on, like, like you, that, that's one of your starting players. He was getting, like, 30 minutes. He scored one point for you and doing nothing else. Um, I don't know, man. Like, everyone's thinking that the Lakers are going to have, like, this easy ride to the, the finals, basically. But the, their roster is, like, really not that good. Like, J.R. Smith is not the J.R. Smith of old. I'm just not sure where they're going to get, like, that secondary scoring behind LeBron and A.D. 
I mean, those two guys are superstars, but I just don't see where that scoring is going to come from. So I do think they're going to win this series, but I don't see them going much further after that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think just LeBron's going to put his big boy pants on and just like he's going to win at least two games out of this series because you know he's pissed. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think you have to look at LeBron's production. He was on point last night in every aspect, and they still lost. He's yeah. got to bring that or more every game in order for them to be competitive in a series. C.J. McCollum in the first half was horrendous. In the second half, he was phenomenal. Yeah. He's really got to be on for them. He's got to be hitting his shots in all four quarters to give Dame a little bit of of ease in terms of the scoring load, knowing he doesn't have to go for 50 every game. And they've got to get some production from some of the guys off their bench too. If they want to stay competitive and really hammer home against the Lakers, they've got to get get production from the bench. What about our guy, Mario Herzonga? Dude, is he the worst player in the NBA right now? He might be. He, he might be really worth that like, there. He is horrendous. I actually was like, because I was bored at work, so I was like reading the like the Portland Tribune, and they had an article about like the um the Rockets and like a couple other things, and they had like a small point about like Mario Herzonga like just being terrible, and I'm like, yep, that makes a lot of sense, but. I, I do, like, as much as I do think the Lakers are going to move past Portland, I do think that, like, Dane Lilliard could really steal any game because, like, he's just that on fire right now where he can just get to the bucket. He could hit any three. He can turn around on you. He can cross you over. I mean, the dude could just do it so many ways. He's unstoppable, but they just have to get stops because they are horrendous on defense. I feel like th- this is like the analytics uh, like matchup because you have the Lakers who are built to just go in the post and beat you up with bully ball with LeBron and Davis and any of those other bigs. Meanwhile, they're trading twos for threes versus the Blazers as Dane hits a 45-foot shot from the logo. Yeah. It's, I mean – We'll see. It should I think. Be a, I think also too. Ad was just parked outside of the three-point line. So weird, right? Uh, talking from the six-foot-six dude that never goes into the paint. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm talking, talking about you, it. Yeah, yeah. That was a little bit of a pause. I was unsure who you were talking to. Uh, so, Charlie. Maybe when you shoot 42% from three, you can uh... – We're just talking about how easy 6'6", six, six, and he's soft as shit, so he doesn't go into the paint like AD. Listen, when you have an automatic jumper like mine, <laughs> so, sometimes you build it from the from the outside in, all right? God. I feel like that, that, like, turned into the NBA, right? Like, everyone's yeah. just playing from the three-point lines and – Dude, Charlie, who, who's who's like your top center in the NBA? You think right now? 
You know, if I had to take one center right now, I would probably take Nurkic. I really would. I think wow. him coming back wow. off of the le- I think him coming back off of the leg injury. Actually, I take that back. I would take Jokic from Denver. I would have him running post up top passing the entire game. Okay. I was going to say Nurkic, holy crap. That that's a big that's big time. Easy. What are you thinking? Um I like the Jokic pick. Um if we're, if we're talking playoff basketball, because you know Anthony Davis is going to play the five. Giannis is going to play the five. Um, but they're not really centers. So, uh, And then I want to say Embiid, but then I'm like, I actually hate that fucking guy. So um, <laughs> undecided. You, you go first, Kev. So I'm in between two players. I'm in between Cat and Embiid. I hate I, – I actually don't like watching either of them play, but I don't know. It, it, it's, it might be Embiid, which is probably a good little segue over to the Boston and Philadelphia series, which, I mean, no Ben Simmons, no Gordon Hayward. Charlie, who do you got in this one? I'm taking the Celtics all the way. You know, no, Gordon Hayward is not going to affect this team that much. I mean, let's be honest. He hasn't been around for the last three years. (laughs) The 76ers have $75 million wrapped up in Tobias Harris, Al Horford. They're getting no production from those guys. Joel Embiid is all alone on an island right now. Celtics all the way. Easily dispatching. Brett Brown packing up his stuff in Philadelphia. That's a a wrap on that. (laughs) The process is officially over. And that's the worst part about this, is that they didn't pull the trigger and fire Brett Brown last year. Because all you're doing is delaying breaking up this broken roster. True. Because Brett Brown's going to get fired this year, and then there's going to be a coach that comes in, and they're going to be like, well, you can't break up these guys. I know how to work them together. I'll, I'll understand the spacing. <laughs> so you give this coach a chance to do it. And then now a year or two from now, you trade one of them. Meanwhile, you should be completely breaking this team up now. Listen, Ben Simmons can't shoot, right? You know how you fix this? If Ben Simmons could hit his outside shots, that's how you fix this. Yeah. He can't do that. And then he he can only get into the lane, and Bede's always in the lane, and then – then you have Embiid, if you want to take him out of there, he's just chucking up threes, which, like, he'll hit some, but, like, that's not what he should be doing, and that's, like, not the best percentage play for that team. Do you think they're secretly mad that they passed on Markel Fultz so quickly as he's <laughs> doing well with the Magic? <laughs> I actually do. I mean, I'm, a- I'm actually super happy that, like – he's playing as well as he is because he got so much shit and like to be a number one pick like that and that quickly have people turn on you like that must have kind of sucked for him i'll never get over how they could just just... get destroyed by the media yeah easy go i'll I'll never get over how they could have just done nothing and drafted jason tatum that's true they could have done not nothing and just gotten Tatum. 
but then Danny Ainge with the Jedi mind trick. And they that, draft Marco Falls. Dude, can you, can you imagine if they had Tatum? Simmons, Tatum, and Embiid. There's no reason for Horford to be, be there. That's a whole different franchise now. It solves every issue of having yeah. – that, that they're having, right? Like a scorer, a guy that can get his own shot and really just score the basketball. Plus he, like, is a great rebounder for his size and is, a, like, a really good playmaker as well. They're an interesting team. I think they move on in this series, like, very easily. Um, even though, like, I guess a question for you guys, are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum enough to, like, get this Celtics team to, like, that championship level? We'll see. Ch championship level, we'll see. I, I think it's okay right now to call them – like uh, like a Kawhi and Paul George light. Because they're like okay. the only other they're the only other team that has two wings that both play defense and both ha handle the offense. Um, there's like everyone's trying to build a team through athletic wings, but I feel like the Clippers and the Celtics have actually done it. Yeah. Um, but they're just obviously like I said, they're not on that. Kawhi, Paul George level yet. Charlie, what do you think there? I think as a Knicks fan, it's so hard for me to talk about the Celtics in any <laughs> light to begin with. Yeah, I think that they've got a situation right now where they've got a lot of money wrapped up in two players in Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward. Then they have a lot of money spread out pretty thin amongst a, a pretty not-so-good roster. I think that they're good, not great. I don't think they're championship ready. Gordon Hayward, cheers to him for signing that contract. I feel so bad for him the first game of the season that year when he had that horrific leg injury. It was horrible to see. But they've gotten hardly no production out of him over the course of that deal. He's got the player opt-in this year. You know he's opting into $35 million this year for insurance purposes. 35. They're tied up in that sense, too, and I just don't see them making a move. $35 million. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, all right. That's a good point because, you, like you said, like if they're going to improve, how? Yeah. Their contract situation is pretty tied up. Well, that's interesting. Like, who do you put around that? Like, you put Kemba there, right? And, like, Kemba – Kemba's good. He's really, really good. But, like, I don't know if he's going to shine as much. I mean, he, he's had a good year, obviously. But, you know, when it was, like, the Hornets were his team, like, he could really, really shine. But, like, they would lose, right? So now he's kind of taking that, that back roll to those two. So, like, they have a good set three. It's just from there, I feel like they do have a lot of depth. But, like, I just don't know if those two guys are the guys that are, like, gonna get you like over the hump they could turn into that but yeah so so charlie who do you got this series who do you think's moving on i got this i got the i got the celtics yeah i think i think we're in unison here right easy 
If I mean, my, my only question is in four or five. <laughs> Agree, yeah. Because in a normal series, you would say, all right, they're, they're going to win at least one game in Philly. Yeah, but it's not that, like that. Yeah, that I, I could be like, I could see them easily getting swept. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> agree there, too. 26-point lead right now. They just took out Embiid and five minutes left in the fourth. Jeez. See ya. Yeah. Charlie, what other uh, series you've been like playing uh, close attention to? So another one I've really been playing a lot of attention to, actually two. The first one is the Jazz and the Nuggets. And I think this, I think this series is so frustrating for me for a couple of reasons. First off, the fact that we could have drafted Donovan Mitchell instead of Frank Milikina and knowing yeah. that he could be a Nick. And I think yeah. second off, is Jamal Murray one of, not, one of the most frustrating players in the NBA to watch? I feel yeah. like that guy could <laughs> either score 50 points in a game or five points in a game. Yep. And yeah, it will fluctuate I mean, like that from a game-to-game basis. It's insane. Dude, yeah. I mean, uh, this series, like, it's a basketball – it's like a Hooper's, like, dream, right? Like, the Nuggets, man, like, I had – I actually wrote this down. I was like, they could, like – they could possibly be the next, like, kind of Warriors team. Maybe not winning it as much as them, but, like, kind of dominating the West with that roster and especially with like Michael Porter Jr. who that's another guy the Knicks could have drafted, but we passed on him and like, he is lighting it up right now. They still have bowl bowl who like, he's good, man. Like, I don't know why he's not getting any minutes, but like, he's like seven, four can dribble. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, who's playing defense in the NBA right now anyway. So that is true. Easy. So who do you got in this series? So I like Denver. I'm a big Denver fan. I love Jokic. Um, and like you said, I just like a lot of the players, and I like that it's not like like free agent signings. These are all guys that, like, they've drafted or they've done, like, smart moves to bring them in. Um, so I, I'm rooting for Denver, but then like Donovan Mitchell just shows up and puts in 57 in the first game, yeah. and then they what they won by 20 or 25 today? Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's definitely going to be like evenly matched, but like I, yeah, I, I go with Denver too, um, and I think Jokic is like the X factor here, right, man? Like that dude is he can do everything and. <laughs> He, he's slim, Jokic, yep. right now, too. He's, like, yep. super skinny now. He can move better. So, uh, I like Denver in this one. I'm going to say that the Jazz probably win a couple, uh, you know, maybe one more game in this. and But uh, Denver should make pretty uh, easy work of them. I think an important part is when does Conley come back? Because if Conley can make it back in the first round, I think he's a difference maker in this series. Yeah, I, well, I think he and, – and, Charlie, I don't know if you know, but uh, I, I think he just went back into the bubble today. Yeah, the latest I saw was game three. Oh, nice. Okay, good. That, that, that does change a lot, right? Like, he's he's a stud. 
Yeah, because if you think about it, the Jazz are down Conley and Bogdanovich. Yeah. So it's really only Mitchell and Ingles right now. Conley, he is that playoff point guard, right? Like, he, he sets the whole team up. Not yeah. really, like, the most flashiest or, like, everybody knows him and stuff. He, but he's legit. He's, like, a really – he's easily, like, what, top five or six point guard in the league? Not he didn't play that way this year, but based on experience, you could say that. Yeah. Charlie, what do you think? Conley, top five, six point guard in the league. I think it's tough because I feel like he was really undervalued in some of those Memphis teams that that sort of skirted into the playoffs as like the seven or eight seed, like those really gritty teams. Yeah. But also too, I feel like I haven't seen enough of him in the postseason to put him up that high. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Kind of kind of different of opinions here. I, I do feel like he did do a lot with those Memphis teams that like you kind of like watch them play and you, you look at those rosters and be like they shouldn't be as good as they are and somehow they're sneaking into the playoffs every year. I think mainly it was because of him. So, Charlie, who do you got and how many games? So, I'm taking the Jazz in this series. I'm going Jazz in five. I think Denver has some interesting storylines. Michael Porter Jr., though, you can't hide him on defense as much production as you're getting from him on offense. Jamal Murray is just too streaky, and they're just not going to get enough production off the bench. I do have a name for you, though. Noah Vonley coming off the bench for the Nuggets, another former (laughs) Nick. There's so many. There's so many. Wow. I've got the Jazz in five. Nice. I think Moutier is on one of those two teams. No, he's on someone's team. He's on Jazz. Yeah, another guy. Just everywhere they go, they go to the playoffs except for the Knicks. But that's yeah. always great. Ah, what do you say we stay around here and talk about that Oklahoma series, man? Oklahoma and Houston, I watched game one, and to me, it was unwatchable. I, I, I don't really like the way OKC plays. I like CP3, but watching Houston play, especially on offense, is like watching, like, a college basketball game, right? Like, someone will, like, go in towards the middle. Instead of taking a layup, they'll kick it out for three, and then they'll swing it around a bunch of times until that open three is there and it's just like you're just watching a team that will pass up layups and dunks and try to go for that three i mean it works for them it's super not entertaining but i do think that they move on pretty easily against oklahoma so i i picked oklahoma city as my kind of like my sleeper upset pick of the first round. I don't know if that's a sleeper, but like, you know, I I just, I felt like I could see them coming out on top against Houston, especially a couple games without Russ. CP3 with an edge. Like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going for them. And then they put up that fucking dud last night. (laughs) And you just see a team like Houston, no one's above six, seven. They're going. They're just going to chuck a bunch of threes and win. It's like, uh, how do you beat this? And what's so funny is 
every single game you watch, they're like, all right, no one's above six, seven. All we're going to do is pound the ball to our big guy. And every team falls in love with dumping it in the post. But then they like they forget that the big guys aren't scoring. So they dump it to Steven Adams in the post, and he clanks it off the rim, and then Harden <laughs> hits the three. Yeah. It's like it, it's you're not a swing, high. right? Yeah, you're not using the height to your advantage. It's weird. It's weird. It, it, and, like, with Houston, I think like that's my biggest thing with them is, like, they can swing, like, a 16-point deficit into, like, being up by 12 in, like, four minutes. It's, it's crazy how much they can swing the game. Uh, Charlie, yeah. what are you thinking on this one? So I think the Rockets are, are easily through in this series, but Houston is just such a frustrating team for me to watch. I mean, I really I, – I can't stand Russell Westbrook. I really can't, even from the OKC days. Nice. James Harden is a great player. Again, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, they don't do it for me. Austin Rivers can't stand them. It, they just <laughs> they frustrate me too much to even watch them on a regular basis. I couldn't imagine being a Houston Rockets fan and watching like that team play every day. Dude, there's a guy I work with. He's like he's actually a Houston Rockets fan. Oh my god. Like from there or like just pick them. No, that's what's even worse. He's from D.C. And, like, I don't know how, but he, like, likes Houston. I'm like, wait, so you actually like Houston? It's like, yeah, man, it's sick. I'm like, you enjoy watching them play basketball. It's like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, I, all right. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how people could do it. But I, I think we all agree here that it's going to be Houston. Even though I do like uh, Alexander with Shia – Alexander on OKC. I think he's another guy that I'm pretty sure we passed up on. Yep. Um, so there's so much young talent and like it, the names just keep popping up that all leads to bad roads for any Knicks fan. Yep. But uh, yeah, if you guys I think want to we also have. Sorry, guys. No, I was just going to say Shea Gilgis Alexander for OKC. Phenomenal player. Really, really good, exciting young player. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely agree there. Uh, easy. Any, uh, anything else here? You want to swing it somewhere else? Uh, I just want to end it with. Wait, first off, hold on. Do we know when Westbrook comes back? I don't know. If Westbrook comes back, Houston in five. If he doesn't, Houston in six. Wow. Okay. okay. I think he got a couple like CP3 revenge tours where he like elbows hard in the dick and <laughs> like takes him out and puts in 30, 10, and 10 or something, you know? Did you guys see the uh, CP3 interview where they asked him about James Harden? And he's like, well, today's my daughter's birthday and uh, he didn't call to say happy birthday. <laughs> like that was his quote on it. I didn't see that. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, did you see that? I didn't. I didn't. But that is that's that's incredible. The real question too with CP3 is: Are the Knicks going to take on those last couple of years of his contract to bring him in? Ugh. I I don't see how we don't do that at this point. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I mean, dude, he wins everywhere he's at. I, I don't I don't hate the idea of bringing him in if we draft another young point guard. 
if that makes sense to have two point guards, but he's someone that he can mentor for sure. Uh, all right. So any thoughts on, we're going to keep in the West right now. And uh, sorry, I ate a gummy before and I think it's kicking in right now. You go, baby. Lost myself for a second. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Dallas Mavericks, hometown now, Dallas Mavericks for me, even though I don't really root for them. And the Clippers. Pretty entertaining so far, but uh, easy. What are you thinking here? Um, so I'm torn because you, you know. Dirk's my boy, and the Mavericks have been my my B team for decades. So I have been rooting for them. I love Luca, but then the New Yorker in me wants to punch KP in his fucking throat. So <laughs> I am tortured by the back and forth. So it was him getting thrown out was so bittersweet because it was like, ha doofus. <laughs> He got thrown out for nothing. Yeah. But then I couldn't help but think, like, damn, Adam Silver really wants the Clippers versus Lakers because yeah. that was some weak-ass shit, and that was, like, conspiracy stuff, getting him thrown out like that. Right. Super, super weak, super weak. But, uh, Charlie, before we get into it, I have a question for you because Easy's such a big Derek fan, and I'm not. What are your thoughts on Dirk Nowitzki? So I feel like Dirk is a really good player. I think he definitely stole one from LeBron in 2011 when LeBron just disappeared in the finals in the heat and got no production in that final series. He's definitely legendary, but when I think back of players that I love to watch, Dirk isn't even in the top 15. All right, all right. I actually, I like that. I like that. All right, so. Well, anything else you want to say this week, Charlie? Because we're kicking you off. This is your last <laughs> time on. No, I'll go. but <laughs> um, Charlie, what are you thinking about like KP thrown out and like the rest of this series? So I think it's a couple of things here. First off. Let me ask you this question. Would you rather be Atlanta drafting Trey or would you have rather had Luca? That's my first question. And then I'm taking Clippers easily in this series. From the beginning, I was riding with the Clippers in the West. I love the bench. Lou Will. I love Morris. I love Paul George, Kawhi together. I think they're going to take the Lakers down in the Western Conference Finals and get to the Finals. That's my team in the Western Conference that I think is the team to beat right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. That bench who, like, Montrez Harrell, like, he isn't even, like, I don't think he's played yet, right? He's still, like, trying to get back on the court. Oh, no, did he play last week? Yeah, but barely. I think he's still rehabbing. So I think he's actually – he actually played the last game. But – um. Whatever. Still, that that whole roster, I feel like, come playoff time, like, come right now, let's say the Lakers do meet the Clippers. They just have these fucking, like, tough-ass dudes. Like, Red, like um, Patrick Beverly. And then you got uh, Lou Williams. You got Montrezl Harrell. These guys could, like, knock you around. And then 
oh yeah, you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to just close out every game. Like, I don't know how you could bet against the Clippers at this point. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers are built to win in today's NBA. They can go small, they can go big, it doesn't matter. They have defensive guys, they can shoot threes, like, they're built to win. What about, like, Doc Rivers? This dude just finds himself in awesome situations all the time. Didn't the Boston Celtics get a pick from uh, from the Clippers as well for the compensation? Yeah, but he was shady. He, like, forced him way out, didn't he? I'm not coaching a rebuilding team. (laughs) Well, I think both sides did pretty well for themselves there, right? Clippers got Doc Rivers. Boston got Brad Stevens, who is, like, a genius. But, but yeah, for this series, I'm going Clippers all the way. Uh, They might win one, but – I don't think they have uh, much of a chance there. Even though, like, Luca and KP are, like, fun to watch. But, Charlie, to your question, I would 100% be the team that has Luca. Like, I like Trey Young. I don't think he has what Luca has. And that's just, like, that super star, like, ability. Fully agree. I think Luke is one of the one of the most exciting players to watch in the NBA right now. I think Trey is a is a really good scorer, but I just think Luca brings so much more to the table as a facilitator than Trey does. But easy to your point, I want to punch KP in the fucking throat too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who who doesn't at this point? Another person that I kind of want to punch in the throat, which we're gonna. I'm going to move this over to the Milwaukee-Orlando series. I want to just punch Giannis in the throat. I know he's the MVP. Really? Yeah. I'm just – I don't know, man. There's something about his game that I just don't like right now. For me, that team goes – that team never wins anything until he, like, really legitimately learns how to shoot. Ah, okay. So you're not buying this whole, like, five-out lineup, him playing next to Brook Lopez, and I could just shoot threes, but I can't, so I'm just going to drive anyway. Listen, what do, you, what do you guys think about this? This team is the Atlanta Hawks with Joe Johnson, Al Horford, and all those. I know that Joe Johnson's not Giannis, but it's the same coach. He does things the same way. And I think they're going to just be like Atlanta and be this really good regular season team and then be really bad in the playoffs. That's a good call. I mean, I could see it. They have a lot of the same, like, identity things. They're a culture team. They do things a certain way. And they come playoff time like they do things a certain way. They're very predictable. This is what they do. Um I think they're just playing too many guys. Like, you got to, like, why is, I mean, like, Brooke Lopez has been good for them this year. But if your crunch time lineup is in Giannis at the five versus anybody, you're crazy. Giannis is like young Shaq, but can dribble and run an offense. Yeah. Like, just put a bunch of wings that could shoot threes out there next to him and just go. 
Easy, you bring up a great point. The rotation is 10, 11 players right now. Like, I feel like I can't even keep track of it. They're bringing in so many different players. They don't have a, a solid six, seven, eight guys that they can really rely on. So they're just playing everybody on their bench, and it's just not working out. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that roster, there's just, like, so many funny names on there. Like, Marvin Williams, still around, still doing his thing. George yep. Hill, like, what color is his hair now? And then you got yeah. Robin Lopez, Kyle Korver. Like, the list goes on and on, but it's just a, a funny team. I'm not a Bucks fan. Like, I don't like watching them play. I'm just, for whatever reason, I'm just not a fan of them. I would love for them to lose to Orlando in this series, but th- yeah, no it's way. just not – it's not going to happen. Charlie, who do you got in, uh, in this series? Yeah, I'm with you. I think it would be epic if if the Magic somehow pulled off an upset here. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Bucks are through <laughs> relatively easily. It's it's such a frustrating situation with Giannis because I want to like him so much as a player – but then I tune into a Bucks game and watch it, and it just makes me just cringe watching him play sometimes and some of the shots that he takes. It's just it's a it's a lose lose situation in either in either aspect watching them play for me. Hmm. Easy. What what do you think? Who do you got? Um. Yeah, I, I think Bucks in in five because now they're pissed. But it's like. Like you said, let's see what happens in the next round and the next round. Because that's – you can't win 60 games and be judged on your first round performance. Agreed. Yeah, and that's that's what Atlanta did, right? Like they had a couple of those like years where they won like over 55 games and they just get bounced early in the playoffs. And yep. I just kind of see the same kind of mold, same team, same kind of way they do things. And Marvin Williams is on both teams, so I could just see it. See yeah. something happening there. Dude, I'm calling it now. Them picking Bledsoe over Brogdon is going to be the reason why Giannis leaves. Oh, you think so? Dude, they I don't love have that. Dude, they like Middleton, okay, that's his number two, fine. Dude, Bledsoe has shown time and time again he can't do it in the playoffs. And Brogdon's balling on the Pacers. As a diehard UVA fan, I've loved Brogdon for years. He uh, he is a great player, and the Pacers are really good with him on it. They they really are. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I definitely agree there. Easy, Eric Bledsoe. I feel like he's like a serviceable, like you know, third or fourth guy. But I think in a lot of the times with the Bucks, he's being asked to be that like second option for them and it's just not like where he's comfortable and the playoffs just like magnifies that right because they're gonna every team is gonna take away from Giannis to the point where like then you're really putting the ball in Bledsoe's hands um, which is another reason why I don't think that they're gonna probably make it past the second round but I do think uh, they make it past uh, this round There's that. There's that gummy again. <laughs> Settle down, Dion Myers. 
<laughs> That's great. Um, all right, what do you guys say we keep it here in the East and, and hit on Brooklyn and Toronto? This, this one's going to be quick. Raptors in four. Done. <laughs> Charlie would that that's it easy that's it all right Charlie that's all I got I think I think that's all that's necessary in this one so I've got two things Toronto is going through really easily I love Fred Van Fleet I think he's a phenomenal player I think the Knicks should go after him I don't think they should shine him Kev we were talking about this the other day they shouldn't sign him to a Terry Rozier Charlotte contract but also to the Brooklyn Nets I feel like I feel like everybody is trying to make you fall in love with all of these core players that they have. Yet I feel it's like that girl that likes you in high school, but like you don't really like them. And she's like waving at you and you're just like, eh, I'm not really that interested. Like, I don't know I feel like they're trying so hard to sell me this core of players and I'm just not buying them right now. I, I like Karis LeVert, like he's pretty good, but like all of a sudden you're saying that he's going to be the third star. Like, no, 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 no. I, I don't think uh, like let's not go that far, dude. He reminds me of like a a good player on a bad team, like Thaddeus Young, right? Like he was like the best player on like the freaking seventy sixers back in the day. And then he went everywhere else, and he was kind of like riding the bench. Uh, I kind of see the same thing there, and he's like one of those players that they're saying is a part of that could be the next big three with KD and Kyrie. But uh, who knows what even happens with them, right? Like, they're both sitting out this year. They come back next year. What if they're, you know, especially KD, what if he's not that same player? I guess we'll find out. But for this series now, it, it's, it's going to be a clean sweep, man. Toronto, Van Fleet, Kyrie, uh, not Kyrie, uh, Kyle Lowry running the show there. And then Siakam, like, coming out of nowhere, being an absolute stud. Uh, easy, who do you got here? Raptors and four. That's it. You're just going to leave it. it at Raptors and four. Raptors and four. I, I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. First game was a blowout. Second game got close, but they can't. There's no one to dump the ball to when the game gets late. Who's going to hit a big shot on Brooklyn? Um, I think maybe the only thing that is worth even talking about is who is who's going to be the head coach of this Brooklyn Nets team next year. Agreed. Yeah. Because it's not Jock Vaughn, and it's whoever the hell Kyrie and K KD say it is. And Ty then they'll Lou. figure out the rest of the team. Exactly. I'm thinking Ty Lu. Oh, you guys think so? I do. Yeah, I mean, he won a ring with Kyrie. He's that he's that personality that like can keep LeBron in check, so you know it'll work with Durant and Kyrie. I don't know. I just don't like Ty Lu. Charlie, I don't know. Any, anyone else gets that job? I don't. I think it's Ty lose to lose. However, I'll still never forget the Allen Iverson step over in the finals with the Lakers and the 76ers. Regardless of his ring in Cleveland, he'll never live that down for me. Um, no, I think it's Ty Lue's job to lose. I think he's that type of coach you got exactly right that is a player's coach. Kyrie has a history with him. He's not going to be too hard on them. He's not going to be that player development coach that Kenny was, that was 
probably looking at too much videotape for for KD or Kyrie and not enough Twitter. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 ties to lose. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just I'm just not a Ty Lue fan. I mean, like to your point, imagine being a player in that locker room and Ty Lue is just yelling at you. And you just look at it like, dude, you got stepped over by Allen Iverson in the finals. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Not listening to you. But, uh, but yeah, let's keep in the East. It's, I think it's the last series that we really need to have to cover here. Uh, it's a good one. I actually like this matchup. Both teams are actually uh, kind of entertaining to watch. Uh, and that's Miami and Indianapolis. Charlie, who do you got there? Yeah, this is actually a really entertaining series. I'm taking Miami. I, I love Jimmy. I love Bam Adebayo. Uh, Tyler Hero is actually really coming on too. I really like that kid. I think he's he's pretty good. He's scoring the bucket. Um, also, too, props to Jimmy Butler. Kev, I sent you the other day for setting up his own coffee shop out of his room <laughs> in the bubble. Uh, barista for all the NBA players offering pour-overs. But I'm definitely taking the Heat moving on in this one. Um, And and I just – I like that Heat roster. I think Spolster is a great coach. Uh, Heat easily in this. Easy, what about you, man? Yeah, I I mean, I agree agree with that. I love the entrepreneurship from Jimmy Butler. It's $20, small, medium, large, doesn't matter. Give me 20 bucks, cash only. Um, hysterical. Uh, I think it's a shame. Like Miami is moving on, and the way the ro- rosters are right now, Miami's going to move on regardless. It's just it's a shame. So Buffonis is out. It's a shame all the deep people scratched his eye because you don't really know who this Pacers team is yet. Yeah, and they're all coming up on contracts extension, so it's they're on like borrowed time that front office. So. It's interesting to see. Um, it would have been cool to see a full-strength Pacers squad against this Miami team. I think it would have been a much closer series. Yeah, definitely, dude. Uh, this series, I think it's going to be close no matter what. Um, for me, like watching like Tyler Hero and Duncan uh, Robinson just absolutely light up the three-point line, I actually want the Knicks to go after Duncan Robinson because I think – He's kind of exactly the type of like shooter that you would need, and he's young. But um, also, like Indianapolis, you know, Indiana is super, super fun to watch. Uh, I really like Miles Turner. Uh, I think he's like a super underrated man in the league. He can step out and he can guard those guys out there. So uh, definitely an interesting series. But I gotta go with my boy Jimmy Butler. I have a love-hate relationship with him, but right now, after the whole barista stunt, I'm going Heat. I'm I'm actually going to go Heat pretty far. I think they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I agree. So who is – they're the 4-5, so does that mean they would get the Bucks or Orlando five-winner? I think so. I think it. Do they reseed it after this? Like they reseed. They reseed after after this round. Gotcha. Ah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That, I I like them, and I don't know. Like Bam. I like Bam. They have Draji. He's like that. Like kind of like grizzled vet point guard that you kind of need in the playoffs. 
He's like, so gritty. Yeah. And to like Charlie's point, like Smolster's been there, done that. And like he's probably one of the best coaches in the league, I'd say. I think that gives them a huge upper hand in this. Wow. But I, I like the prediction, them going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm almost like picking – I was going to pick them to go to the finals. I think it would be – they're like a super interesting team. And I don't know. Jimmy Butler seems to be like super clutch in the playoffs. And, I mean, he basically beat the whole Minnesota T-Wolves team, you know, A team when he was playing with the B players by himself. So I could love see that story. That yeah. Pure Jimmy Butler. You got to love it. Wait, was Tibbs coach when that happened? Because that's yeah. not a good look. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 He was coach and GM. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's one of the main reasons. Oh, I forgot about Jimmy, that. Yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons Jimmy Butler wanted it out so bad. <laughs> but, I mean, Tibbs does that, right? Like, he's going to rub you the wrong way, but as long as you're playing well for him, like, people are going to, you know. It's going to be a love-hate relationship with all his star players. And I guess you know, we don't have any stars, so that's a good thing now, right? Yeah, just piss them all off, Tibbs. Piss Who do you guys off. think we draft this year? Where do you guys think we, we get in the, the lottery here? Realistically, or where do I, I want us to get? Let, let's, all right, let's do a little bet. Little friendly wager. I think the Knicks are gonna stay where they normally stay. I think they're gonna get like the eighth pick in the draft. Yeah, I agree with that. Charlie, you have Holy high hopes, or, or are we back to reality? I don't. I don't. I think that I think they're in the back half, towards eight, nine, maybe even ten. I think they either try and get a point guard or a shooting guard, something similar to that. I don't think they draft a three or four or five. They've got to get a point guard or a shooting guard, primarily a point guard. So we'll see. Maybe maybe ball will fall to eight. I don't know. I think Halliburton is what I've seen a lot of people see a lot of people in New York linked with. So we'll see. Him and uh, the guy from UNC, I think Cole Anthony, right? Yeah. Which, yeah, like, Cole Anthony. I'm cool with him. Like that like this is what I'm saying. I want him to be here, but if we can somehow get CP3, like that's a great person to learn from, which I think is really what you need as a point guard. It's not an easy job. So I'm taking, uh, I'm going the ESPN take here. I think realistically we're going to land where you guys are saying, but there's a part of me that wants us to get like the fourth pick and take LaMelo ball. <laughs> I, Dude, I like there's, there's a part of me. Uh, let's draft. I really hope we get one. Like he can't shoot. I I get it, but I don't know. There's just a part of me. It's like you know what? Fuck it. Like get him. Let's go. Let's spice this up a little bit, huh? Yeah. I fully agree. All in on Lamelo Ball. Uh, I, so, I, Charlie, I just. I was gonna say, are you guys like Lamelo Ball people? Like, you guys think wherever he goes, he's gonna be like legit? Is he gonna be better than, you know, Ball on the Pelicans or or what? 
Well, I, I think the good thing about that is his brothers haven't set a very high ceiling. So, like, yeah. it's not like, like he's got to, like, outdo what Lonzo or fucking whatever, LaGiello LiAngelo. Oh, LiAngelo, there you go. Um, <laughs> Did you just call him LaGiello? LaGiello, yeah, LiAngelo. Or something like that. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely alarming that, like, he can't really shoot. But I love the story that he bought his team. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you guys heard about that. Like, he went, he goes, he plays in Australia, has so much money from all of his ridiculous stuff he does, he buys the team. I just think that's, that's like, hell yeah. Like, I, that's that New, New York, like, don't fuck, like, maybe not don't fuck with me, but, like, the arrogance that, like, I just like in a New York athlete. I'm fully in on Lamelo as long as they don't give a courtside seat to his father. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, yes, good, very good point. That's a thing. Like, I think that's a package deal. You know, like I, from what I think, I, I, you know, he's always around. He's gonna want those seats. He's gonna want to be in like the limelight. But you know, if you, whatever team does draft him, they're gonna have to set some sort of boundaries with him. But I don't know. I don't know if I want, you know, LaMelo on the Knicks, dude. Like, if we're getting, like, a point guard like that, I kind of want that, like, tough, scrappy point guard, not LaMelo, who, like, can't shoot. It's kind of, like, dangly. I'm sure he'll fill out. But I go back and forth. I watch his highlights, and I'm like, oh, man, like, he's actually really good. And then I see like stuff where he can't like dribble with his other hand and stuff, and it kind of worries you a little bit. I just like he's six seven. He he's a big he's a big dude. Charlie, have you like watched like a lot of his games and stuff? So I've watched a few of his games. I've probably watched highlights of a lot of the other guys just based strictly off the fact that I don't catch a ton of uh, Australian Pro League basketball. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But it's no, tough. I, it's tough. I hope he fills out a little bit. You know, I'm a little worried too. Also, I'm all in on ball, but it, it does scare me a little bit when they always say that like his correction and shooting will come because that just scares me in general. I feel like I've heard that one too many times and – and it never happens. Um, but I think as a facilitator and a distributor, he could potentially be really good, and I think he could be another really good piece to add. But again, we've got to get rid of some of these other players like Dennis Smith Jr. off the roster so we can at least make some room for a player to play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a good point. We're not going to draft LaMelo and then start Alfred Payton. <laughs> yeah. I mean – I think that's the thing, right? Whoever we draft here, well, I guess it th- depends on like where we get this pick. Because if it's a high pick, like yeah, like throw them into the starting lineup. But if we're drafting like eight, nine, ten again, like we're, we're drafting projects, right? Like, do we really want to draft another freaking Kevin Knox? Where you know we're going into like three, you know, years three, four, or five with him, where you know we're still kind of holding out hope for him. Like I don't know. Hopefully, with these new player development coaches, uh, we can kind of get you know our younger players to actually perform up to where they're being drafted. See, I I don't know, man. I I I think that that was one of the biggest downfalls with the team this year. 
was that we we didn't throw these guys in the fire. I, I think you're like you're at the point now where, I mean, look, LeBron's 35. He's he's ancient. Like no one else is even in the league. Like barely any other one, anyone else is in the league from his draft. Like we're, we're a young player league now. We're giving guys two, three years, and then we're we're moving on to the next draft pick. Throw them in the fire. Alex sitting behind Wayne Ellington and all these other dudes is useless for him. Like, get out there and get burnt backdoor a hundred times. Like, maybe you'll learn a hundred and first time. Oh, I have to pay attention on defense. Like, I don't know. I don't like how we used to play guys and then we pull them after they make a mistake. I don't think that's a way for anyone to actually like develop. Yeah, why is Taj Gibson starting? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, I mean, yeah, I think that 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 was our main thing with Fizda, right? Like, we, you know, he kept playing these older players ahead of the younger players, and you know, like maybe it changed a little bit with Mike Miller, but not too too much. You know, like these guys like Ellington and Gibson were getting like those crunch minutes. And I think that's like what separates like a good and like okay player is, you know, when the game's on the line, are you going to be making that, you know, that play to stop the backdoor cut? Or like, you know, the free, the clutch free throws, which are huge, which are what RJ, like I can't tell you how many games we could have had a chance in. Not that we were ever going to make the playoffs or anything, but he missed some huge, huge free throws down the stretches of games where it was like infuriating to watch a shooting guard miss that many free throws. But, you know, they got to learn from those situations. And I felt like the younger players weren't really given that opportunity. Yeah. Also, what too, what's the consensus? On... Charlie, what are your thoughts yeah, on okay. RJ? So I love RJ. Uh, I loved the pick last year. I watched him a lot at Duke because I watched a lot of Zion. Um, I thought he was a great compliment to Zion. I thought he was a, a really solid player last year for us. I loved his tenacity in games. I thought he really brought the energy. Um, I really liked how he was proud to be a Nick, which I think is something that's probably been lacking a little bit in, in years past with some of the picks. That's a good thing to see. I saw a lot that I liked. I saw very little that I thought was something that needed to be improved. I thought his defense could have Im could, could improve a little bit. Um, I think he could also mix it up a little bit more in terms of grabbing rebounds, um, getting in the paint a little bit more on the offensive end too. Um, but overall, I thought I thought he had a good work rookie year. Easy, are you rolling with RJ? I mean, for one, we have to, but also, yes, because um, I just like he doesn't get scared. Like, like we've always, like, like, if, like you guys have kept saying, like, we've drafted guys in the past, and, like, a lot of young players get that deer in headlights look. And there, there are times when RJ does something dumb and he'll dribble the ball off his leg or something stupid. But then, like, he's locked in, and you'll see he'll come up with, like, a big play late, later on where you're like, all right, dude, like, let's go here. So I think it's he's shown some promise. Let's hope he takes that leap in year two. 
do you guys think we can roll with an RJ and like Mitchell Robinson as like our pieces to build around? Uh, uh, hey man, Mitch led the league in field goal percentage. He broke a uh, Will Chamberlain record, so you know what that means. He's gonna be better than Will. <laughs> I think Mitchell's one of the most intriguing prospects the Knicks have. You know, he's his name is always bounced around as one of those key members of the of the core group that we're trying to develop. You know, the block shots are are phenomenal from a defensive perspective. The offensive production inside the paint is good, but I think he really needs to, and I know he's been working on it in practice. He needs to at least shoot a jump shot in a game to space the floor out a little bit because what's happening is that defenders know he's not going to leave the paint. He can't shoot that outside shot. And that double team comes in really quick on another one of our guys from a shooting perspective because he can't step out and, and hit that long range two or three and space the floor. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, from the videos that I saw of him working out and stuff, looks like he, you know he's getting his handle better and like he's taking every video i saw of him was basically shooting a three pointer right and it's like all right, at least he's taking that into his head where it's like okay i need to like create space for myself i need to create space for my teammates let me like learn this new skill of like really shooting the outside three ball which like he looked pretty good doing it i mean it is like an Instagram video, but I mean, it looked pretty good. The shot was there. It looked pretty like fluid. It wasn't like quirky, like kind of like how Joel Embiid shoots threes, like Mitchell Robinson's was actually kind of just like fluid. So I definitely agree there. I, I think he's a key member, but who knows with this team, we change everything from year to year. So. Easy. Any final uh, final thoughts here? Uh, final thoughts here. Um, Embiid sucks. I'm done with hearing about the Sixers. And Luke and KP are going to combine for 65 tonight. It's going to be a big night. They're coming up for the win tonight. Charlie, what about you? Any final thoughts here? Final thoughts. Blazers win game two, and Ooh. Lakers find themselves in a conundrum <laughs> coming back from an 0-2 deficit. I'm with you easy. I don't want to hear anything more about the 76ers. And lastly, let's go Knicks. Nice. <laughs> Definitely agree with the let's go Knicks. Hopefully the fortunes will be turned. Uh, tomorrow, maybe we'll land a number one pick. Who knows? But uh, oh, tomorrow, pretty sure, right, Charlie? Isn't it tomorrow? It is tomorrow. All right, let's go, baby. It's a big day, big day, big day. That's what I'm saying. Let's go, Knicks. All right, I like it. As usual, we start with the Knicks, end with the Knicks. Have a good one, fellas. Peace. Later, fellas.